I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 230. Also, I said Carrie really weird. Carrie? I don't know. God. (laughs) And that was like take three of us trying to start this intro. True. Okay, let me just tell you that I learned something new about Snapchat. I know that you don't have Snapchat anymore because you're like married and stuff. But, I mean, I'm a single gal and I need some snaps. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Okay, well, Poetry Club's over. (laughs) But our resident Zoomer, Ashlyn, you know, young, I'm old, I'm a boomer. (laughs) You're not a boomer, but yes. I am sometimes. When it comes to, like, social media, like, sneakiness, I am. So she was talking about someone and she said, he probably just read my text and didn't open it. And I was like, wait, how do you do that on Snapchat? Yeah. Like, that's why I like Snapchat if they don't have an iPhone and they don't have red receipts on. So she was like, test it on. (laughs) She is a real MVP on my Snapchat journey, okay? But she was like, test it on my thing. So you go and you hit her bitmoji and you just kind of scroll it to the right not all the way, because then it'll open. Yeah. But if you just scroll a little bit, you can get a like a glimpse. Of, yeah. If they wrote a paragraph, you're not going to be able to know all of it. But like, because you don't want to go all the way, so you see it like the front. But like, if you're just like, "What up, boo?" W I D, you'll see that, and you don't have to open it. Oh my god. Okay. First of all, you shouldn't be talking to anybody that says W I D. Girl, look. <laughs> Why is that my pet peeve? I will oh, admit, me too. That, I will admit that one time I did continue talking to somebody that said that, even though it was my pet peeve, and I knew better because I just knew better, uh-huh. but I did it. Oh, same, same. Everyone I talk to who says that, it doesn't end well, and it doesn't go that far. But anyway, so for y'all out there, there you go. And everyone else is like, "That's so 2009. We all know that shit." I didn't. And I bet there is a single gal out there that is like, oh my God, I don't have to read the WID. I can be like, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, they want to know what the fuckboy said, but they don't want the fuckboy to know that they know what they said. Uh Uh-huh. And Mm -hmm. you know, like if you're like me and every time someone sends you a message, you want to see it right then because you're nosy and all the things. Absolutely. You don't want to be so eager. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. I am so thankful. Y'all, okay. So we had Donna's birthday party, you know, Sunday. Her birthday was on Monday. We had it Sunday. We got together, had like a total 13-year-old party. We uh-huh. ate finger foods and we played video games. Well, what did we play? Jackbox, Jackbox party. party. So like, draw something. It was like board games on the TV. And through our conversations that were very much like what you just heard, I have never been more thankful for Colby in my life. <laughs> right? Because it is getting harder out there. It, and that it is. Okay, well, kind of going into that, I always say, like, if I could be on any reality show, I could probably make it on Love Island if they had a plus-size edition, you know, because, like, uh, my body don't fit on that. Island. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it ain't the same. But the U.S. version is on right now. And, you know, they have silly challenges, but, like, I would do those. I don't care about making a fool of myself. What I do care about is this one challenge that they had. It was like shaken and stirred. And I was like, it's already, I know it's going to be bad. And they had to make martinis and like Cosmos, blah, 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 blah. But they had to do it by like some, one person has this ingredient, spit it into that person's mouth. No, stop, just stop. (laughs) I can't stop. Look, I don't know what happened during that time because I said, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. I could not. And I was like, what happens if, like, I am a no-go on that. Like, I would be like, done, DQ, whatever, gotta go. But, uh, like, I couldn't even just sit there and, like, listen to it. What do you do on that? I don't, I don't even know what to say <laughs> to that. I, I literally think I blacked out through this whole conversation. <laughs> I know. I know. <gasps> like, I was like, this is, yeah, I would be that party pooper that's like, I, I'm not going to play I'm going to be over here. But that's nasty as fuck. I, if you like spit and stuff, you go right ahead. That is your thing. I can't. I can't. Like, I can't. <laughs> I don't, we can't keep talking about this. I know. It just is my no-no. Also, what is a no-no, it, I'm just going to keep talking, but what's a no-no for Carrie is having someone sing happy birthday in a restaurant. Yes. Anything like that. Where's this going? Well, 
Wednesday, me and Tiffany have Mexican, okay? And she's sitting like facing out, I'm facing in. And we're finished with the meal. Well, first she tried to get me to pay, like joking, like, oh, it's not two separate tickets. It's going to be one, like when they were taking our order. And I was like, I'm not paying. I just had a birthday. Like came out of my mouth, whatever. Like didn't think about it. So at the end, like we're finished and it had been like storming. So we were just waiting it out, you know, and Tiffany just like kinds of nods, you know, and I'm like, okay, they're going to bring our check now because they hadn't brought our check yet. And they had already had a birthday before. And she was like, oh my God, like, it wouldn't that be so funny if it was for you? And I was like, well, it's not my birthday anymore. Like, blah, 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 blah. Well, then it was for me. (gasps) (laughs) Shut. Which, you know, again, I don't care. Like, I mean. Did they put a sombrero on your head? They did. Did it fit your big head? It actually did. I'm very impressed. (laughs) I was like, it's going to be so small. Oh, no. It's actually really big. I can't. But, you know, they do like that. Like, I can't. It's like a wooden. Yeah. That's not it. But, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, it's just allowed. I don't like that part. Like, but yeah, mm-hmm. but I got some free ice cream with whipped cream and uh, sprinkles on it. Wowza. But yeah. Okay. If you're not tired of listening to me, I have three more things to say. Jesus. Before <laughs> you do that, can we welcome our Patreoners? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Jen C from Kansas. Brittany K from Australia. Ooh. Marcy P from Idaho. You are the hoe. Courtney N. from Oregon. Well, I see you're Courtney, and I raise you Courtney M. from New York. Ooh, Rachel H. from Kansas. Corey W. from Florida. And Christina N. from Michigan. Thank y'all so, so, so much for joining Patreon. If you want more of these tangents, more of these episodes, more of, well, us, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, so... Some trending topics that are going to be old as fuck by the time you hear this. But I was like, I gasped at both of these with the hard P. (laughs) But Michelle Branch. Yes. She was arrested. For what? Domestic violence. Shut the fuck up. I will not. Okay, so. She made her way downtown for real. (laughs) She That's Vanessa Carlton. It's the same person. (laughs) Really? Like. They They came out right at the same time. They were very similar. Yeah, Yeah. I always got them confused. But yes, okay. So it was against her husband. (gasps) They're getting a divorce, and I think it's messy because she had put out on social media that he was cheating on her with like his manager or something like that. (gasps) What's her husband do? He was a drummer or something from a band. Oh, okay. I don't know what. uh, Black Keys. I think. Yeah. You know I'm not going to continue. <laughs> but so she said something like, he was having an affair while I'm at home nursing our daughter. But I don't know what was going on, but like last night or the night before, because it's at like 3 a.m. So I don't know yeah, if they're yeah. saying it was the night before or yeah. today. She slapped him twice in the face, got the police called on her. Bell was set at $1,000. And she only stayed an hour because she is breastfeeding their daughter. <gasps> yeah. Um, okay, so her hormones are... I'm not condoning anything, but, like, her hormones are literally all over the place if she's a new mother. Right. I'm but, not saying hit anybody, but no, 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 Jesus. No. And also, we're going to say allegedly because she's not convicted of the crime yet, but... Michelle Branch. What the fuck? Why can't I think of any of her songs right now? And you know I love them. You're everywhere to me. Well, she everywhere up in the pit. <laughs> Okay, so another thing on social media happened, and I'm pretty sure that you have heard about this too, but Tommy Lee accidentally posted a nude to Twitter. Like, as in Pamela Anderson Lee? Yeah. Okay. Did you see it? No. Because I'm not mad at it, okay? Okay. Are you about to show me? Yes. Sorry, Colby. It's for the podcast. What? (laughs) I'm not mad at Accidentally, air quotes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I love the tats. I love the dick. It's not bad. He didn't accidentally do nothing. I wouldn't either if I was like that. How long did that last, I wonder, before it was taken down? I don't know, but a lot of people shared it. And that I'm not cool with because, like, 
they're sharing his nudes, but he did post it on social media. Hmm. Okay, what's your third thing? Well, how we were talking about allegedly he accidentally shared it. Allegedly, Michelle Branch mm-hmm. slapped her husband twice. Well, we have new merch, and that's not alleged. I was swear to God, I was like, I wonder if she's going to talk about our new merch because <laughs> we, had, you know, we got that shirt that says allegedly. Right? Yes. Yes. You smelled where I was going. Wait, what? I smelled what you were stepping in. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, okay. I crop dusted you. <laughs> well, yesterday, uh, I was talking to a patient about how much it's been raining, and I said, I thought April showers brought Mayflowers. Why is it raining so much in May? It's August. <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And time just flew by. (laughs) But yes, we have several new designs. I think it's like 11 total. And that comes on t-shirts, mugs, and stickers. Y'all, these designs are popping. Oh, Lord. They got pizza. They got allegedly. They got don't fuck with my sleep. They got daddy issues. They got all kinds of shit. Y'all got to go check it out. Yes, 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 yes. Thank y'all to everyone who has purchased something. Really means a lot to us. And we love Mandy Diamond. She is amazing that she takes our little idea and makes it a big, huge, amazing design. And y'all know that we are going to Texas in a couple of weeks. We'll be there August 26th and 27th in Dallas for the TrueCom Podcast Festival. So just in time for us to go to Texas. We have a Texas shirt. So if you want that shit for Texas, (laughs) get your ass on the website and buy you a shirt. Yes. So go to our website or if you're like bypass all of the website shit, just go to store.aparanormalchicks.com. But our website is aparanormalchicks.com. And then at the top, you can do merch store, has a link to Patreon, has all kind of shit up in there. Peruse it. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're about to get into this episode, but first, we gotta talk about Babel because they're back and we are feeling very linguistic. Ooh. You know, Donna likes all the linguists. That I do, but you know what I also really love? Babel being bite-sized. Ooh, that was a good alliteration. (laughs) So yeah, that's exactly what Babel is. Babel's a fun and easy way to learn different languages through, like she said, their bite-sized language lessons. You only need 10 minutes to complete a session. So you can start having a real-life conversation in as little as three weeks. That's in a new language. Like, not just like you be talking. Like, (laughs) a different language. Yes. So other language apps use AI for their lessons, but Babel lessons were created by over 150 language experts. Their teaching methods are scientifically proven to be effective. And there's several different languages, like 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. And here's the thing that I think sets Babel apart. They have a speech recognition technology, and that helps you learn how to pronounce and use the accent correctly. Because that was one thing I always had a hard time. Y'all have heard me talk about this with Babel before. When I try to speak Spanish, it's like a country accent saying Spanish words, and I always feel like I'm not doing it correctly, you know, trying to roll your R's and all that. But with the speech recognition technology, you'll feel more comfortable with the words that you're saying because it helps you with the pronunciation. And Carrie has a cruise that's coming up, and guess where they're going? Mexico. Guess what she can use? Babbel. There's so many different ways to learn with Babbel. You have lessons, podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. But the best thing, it all comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So don't wait. Let's start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. You can save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com creep. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash creep for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel dot com slash creep. All right. So we're getting into the episode finally. Hopefully y'all didn't mind the tangents earlier and maybe you learned a few things about Snapchat, Tommy Lee's dick, what else? But I'm going to tell you about a man named John Harden. He grew up in South Florida and when he was 18, he married Rita, who was his high school sweetheart. Life was pretty great for them and their family grew to a family of six in no time. So, you know, that means four children. 
Thank you for the math. Hey, sometimes I'm not smart like that. And if you're out there and you're like, wait, how do they grow by six? I got you, boo. But fast forward 14 years later, John was 32 and he owned his own company and he was like a handyman for appliances and all the things. I think refrigeration. But for some reason that is unknown, he left his family. Why? <laughs> Literally just said it was unknown. <laughs> it was just a knee-jerk reaction. As soon as the words came out, I was like, she don't know. <laughs> what a kid you are. <laughs> but why? Why don't you know? Okay, Well, John met and married his second wife, Victoria. They moved to a house in Claremont, Florida. Before, John had lived in Jacksonville with his family, but the house that they moved into, it was built in the late 19th century, and Victoria had received the house as inheritance. So they decided to move there, fix it up a bit, and then sell the house. But while they did that, they lived in the house. Things were going good for John and Victoria, and they even had a newborn baby. But on March 22nd, 1975, John was called away to an emergency that one of his clients was having. So Victoria and their son went on this call as well, and maybe because it was later at night they did, I'm not sure. Well, when they arrived back home, it was late, like 10, 30, 11. So John showered and then joined Victoria in bed. But soon John was back awake, and this time he smelled smoke. He couldn't find the source inside the house, so he looked outside, and that's when he saw that his truck was on fire. He put on some clothes, jeans, and a flannel shirt, ran outside to attempt to extinguish the flames, but when he was outside, he was killed. What? By what? By whom? (laughs) Why? (laughs) (laughs) He was shot at close range with a shotgun. So the neighbors called 911, telling them that a truck was on fire and it sounded like an explosion had just happened. Now, we know that the gunshot was what they heard and not an explosion. Police investigated and found that the phone lines to the house were cut, which caused them to believe that the truck was set on fire to lure John outside in order to shoot him. They even found the shotgun in the bushes nearby the next day when they were searching. However, the killer was never found. No one really even knew who would want to kill John, so there wasn't a whole lot to go on. But they had their own little list, but nothing checked out. Now, if that was the end of my story, it'd be my shortest story yet. But we know that's not the end of it. So let's go back to August 1968. And this time we're in Richmond, Virginia. And there's a woman, her name's June Ferris. And she was having some weird dreams. She would dream of being inside a house and it wasn't one that she recognized. So she would run downstairs to get out of the house and, you know, go out the door. But then she would wake up right when she would go out the door. It was weird and reoccurring, but ultimately not scary. It was just one of those dreams that people have. Can't really explain it or figure it out. We've all had them before. We shake them off, go about our lives. And that's what June did. Then fast forward back to 1972, June and her family moved to Florida. Skip forward a couple of years and June was driving through Claremont where they moved and her eyes fell on a house. And for some reason, she recognized this house, but she was like, uh, there's no reason I know that house. So again, shook it off. She told her friend about it and a few weeks later, They went inside to tour it. June was instantly hit with a wave of deja vu. She just knew in her bones that she had been inside this house before. And they reached the back staircase, and that's when it hit June. This was the house she had dreamt about. This staircase was the one that she would run down when she dreamt about the house and then out that back door. Then, in a turn of events, in March of 1978, June's family moved into that house. I mean, it's literally her dream house. But it wasn't long before weird things started happening around the house. So, if you haven't guessed by now, she moved into John's old house. Right. 
Here's something about the back staircase that she was talking about. I believe the police say that they went in the back way. John, Victoria, and their son, like, pulled in, went up, and they believe that the shooter was waiting, like, in the bushes out front to shoot maybe all of them when they were going inside. Mm -hmm. But because they went through the back is why, like, Victoria and maybe the baby is still alive. Jeez. So I'm not sure about that, but also... John ran down those stairs because his truck was parked in the back. Anyway, so there were events when June and her family were unpacking. Their boat hitch lifted itself off the stand in the driveway, not once, but twice. But you know, that's weird, but maybe something outside was affecting it, etc. Fast forward a bit to one night, June's daughter, Robin, and Robin's husband, David, they heard sounds of music boxes playing. So they were like, what? Okay. So they went downstairs and they found several of the music boxes that June collected. They were playing by themselves. Also, I don't know why, but as a kid, I loved music boxes, but as an adult, they're creepy to me. And the fact that June collected them is creepy to me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know it's sweet, but... Yeah, I don't think it's creepy. I know it's not creepy. Like It's, it's just, just because scary movies use them creepy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, things like that would happen from time to time, but the family remained in the house. There's another night when Lori, June's daughter, and Lori's boyfriend, Bob, were watching TV, and they were startled by the sound of the back door slamming. And then they heard heavy footsteps were behind them in another room. So Bob, of course, went to investigate, but he couldn't find anyone. You know, I feel like Bob is a name that's not around that often. Yeah, I agree with that. Like nowadays. That was my grandpa's name. That well, was my it uncle's was, name. It was Robert, but he went Yeah, Bob. same. I'm just trying to think, and I don't think I know any younger people that have Bob every time. Name. Every time I hear the name Bob, I think of that one. It's the weirdest. I don't know why I remember this, but that one part on Uncle Buck, when the phone's ringing, and she's trying to wake him up, and she goes, Bob! I, <laughs> I don't know why. It's, the, it's so niche. It makes no sense. But here we are. Every time you reference a movie, it's something I haven't seen. Oh, I know why. Because you only reference that and Matilda. You're not wrong. I do <laughs> love those movies. You do. So the family were hearing things for a bit. And they all agreed, okay, the house is haunted. But by who? And they're, you know, why? <laughs> Carrie's but really, why? Why? <laughs> It just was like, I don't know, but things are happening here. Well, several years later, they finally saw an apparition. You know, they always knew that it was haunted by the disembodied sounds and such, but it's easy to write that off as your mind playing tricks, the house making noises, all the things. But when you see a ghost, it's like, oh shit, everything I've been feeling, hearing, all the things is real. So anyway, Robin was walking upstairs and she suddenly felt super cold, like a chill ran all the way down her body. Or up, I'm not sure how her chills go. <laughs> They're multiplying. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. Olivia Newton-John. And that's when she saw an apparition of a man walking down the stairs, like two ships passing in the night. And she wasn't able to make out the best detail, but she said he wasn't elderly, but not young, probably in his 30s. And I'm like, that never described me more in my life. She's not elderly, not young, probably in her 30s, late 30s now. Yeah, welcome to your late 30s. <laughs> well, a few months later, Bob was in the attic and he saw a mist that seemed to form into a man's shape and kind of like bolted at him and then like dissipated. So later, Bob was researching the house because he was like, all right, something has got to give. So he went down to the old library looked at some microfiche and he looked for something about the house he knew it was a man probably in his 30s and he had lived there before that's what he was going off of 
And that's when he found out about John's murder. When he brought it to everyone's attention, June discovered the same staircase, you know, like, again, how I said that in her dream is the one that John took outside on the last night of his life. Like that gave me goosebumps. The more June thought about it, she felt like John was trying to solve his murder through her. You know, like he kept showing her him going down the stairs, but it was in her point of view out the door and then nothing. She would wake up and she said that she would like wake up in a panic, you know, but she just never put two and two together. But sorry. And that it made her sad thinking that John was still there, like stuck in the house waiting for justice, you know, so his soul could maybe quite possibly be at peace at some point. And, you know, he's still there after all this time. They weren't upset or scared by John's ghost. You know, they had been dealing with this haunting for years, and it was never anything malicious. If anything, John seemed to watch over their family. When June's grandchildren visited, the apparition would be spotted checking in on them through the crack in the door, something like a father would do. Which later, Rita did confirm that John loved to watch their four children sleep and just check on them from time to time like that. And so she was like, yeah, that's something like he totally did. Oh, and here's the thing. Every time they saw this apparition, he was in a flannel shirt and jeans. And remember, that's what John was wearing the night he was murdered. Well, June and her family eventually sold the house in 1990. And the new family that moved in was the Hatleys, Ken and Donna, which is so funny because my brother is Ken and I'm Donna. Ha 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 ha. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay, so how this next little bit happened is this is my like knowledge of it. Unsolved Mysteries wanted to do a bit about John Harden because he is the only unsolved case in Claremont, Florida. And it's like a city of like 35,000 people. You know, so in relative terms, it's like a small, quiet town and mm-hmm. it's close enough to Orlando that they get tourism for Disney and Universal, but they're still in their like safe little bubble too, you know? Right. So anyway, so it was like a major thing. And so the Hartleys were living in the house, so they had to be okay with them filming there. And in that meeting, Ken was talking about some of the activity and the producer, Nikki Wine, she agreed to do a segment on it because they were experiencing the same type of stuff that the Ferris family had experienced. And so like when they agreed to do about the haunting thing, they reached out to June Ferris and stuff. So like then they were able to be like, oh, wait, no, you get this too, y'all. You know, and they were able to compare notes. But they had phantom footsteps, doors slamming, the feeling of being watched. And Ken also said that he could tell when John was around because it was colder in that area and it smelled like ammonia, sulfur, and a smelly sock all put together. Oh my God. Yeah. So like I said, June appeared on the episode two and it aired October 30th, 1991. And at that time, there had been no paranormal groups or anything like that that had investigated in the house. But there were some strange things that occurred to the crew while they were taping it, but they never alluded to what strange activity, you know, so who knows? Probably batteries draining, you know, the common things. Well, after that airing, the Hatleys had an unexpected visitor, Victoria, John's second wife. She didn't appear in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, but she said that she felt compelled to go see the house because she left after his murder and never stayed another night in that house well i'm sure she didn't right they invited her in of course and she toured the house and victoria said that you know she understood why john's ghost would be tied to this house because of the trauma but she was so upset that he hasn't visited her you know like why not me well he may not have been able to right Well, the Hatleys did get a group to investigate their house. It was a group from the Center for Paranormal Studies in Gainesville. And Dr. Andrew Nichols is one of the doctors there. And he said that from everything they found, they could say that it was haunted and that there could be more than one spirit there. So something different 
about the Hatley family than the Ferris family is that the ghost showed itself to some of their friends too. One time there is a producer from London there like he was staying there because they had a business meeting and all the things. And I forgot to mention that Ken Hatley, he worked as a music producer and was also involved in Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. Anyway, the producer was there. Michael Anthony was his name and he saw the spirit. He ran down to Donna and was like, oh my gosh, like something just passed me on the stairs. Oh my God. Donna and Ken prayed for protection for Michael. And as he went back upstairs, like he came running back down after he went up and he said that he saw angels in the hall, like their protection had worked. Also, that just makes me very tired thinking of him like going up the stairs, running back down, Going up the stairs, running back down. You are not wrong. Like, that ain't the life for me. Um, Then another time, it was at a dinner party in early 1992. And one guest just kept making jokes about the ghost and not believing them until the ghost appeared. And again, it was the same description as they've all given and that it looked like John. However, soon after that, in 1992, the haunting stopped. But John's case remains unsolved. The Unsolved Mysteries episode, unfortunately, did not bring forth any new leads. But it does remain open today, and hopefully John will get justice. But he seems to be at peace now. And maybe it's because, you know, he knew that his story was being told to, you know, a wider audience. I don't know. Isn't that wild, though, that she was dreaming about that house and then to feel deja vu and then be like, I feel deja vu because I've had those moments where I'm like, no, there's deja vu. But, I, you know, you can't put your finger on what right. it was. But then to see those stairs and be like, oh, shit. Well, that's wild. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. But all I have to say from the stories that I've done, if I dream about a house, it ain't, I ain't going to move in there. Right? It ain't never your dream house. Like, it's the house in your dreams, yeah. not the house of your dreams. Yeah, it becomes your nightmares. All right, well, it's your turn. Tell us a story. But first, let's talk about Java House because they're back and they're giving me all the coffee and energy. Here for the booze? No, we're here for the brews and the booze. I'm surprised you didn't say boys. Well, that's a given. Well, on my part, daddies. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Y'all, Java House is back and they are here bringing out the cold brew because it just makes a better cup of coffee. You know what? Talking about daddies, I like my coffee like I like my daddies. Strong and bold. Full, robust. Yeah. Well, you know, in certain areas endowed so here's the thing java house brews their coffee through cold brewing so that's different it's because it slowly steeps the roast coffee grounds in chilled water for like 12 to 24 hours so it's more flavorful without like that bitterness that you get from other coffees that scorch their beans for minutes in hot water right look i like to be bitter i don't want my coffee bitter what I really like about Java House, though, is that you can get it in pods, on tap, or in bottle concentrates. But the pods come liquid, so you can make it either cold brew or hot brew. Right, and I'm all about the cold brew. And I'm all about the hot brew. And it really is super easy to do either. You just pour the pod in a glass over ice and add eight ounces of water, creamer, whatever you want to make it your own, and poof, perfection in a glass <laughs> or a mug, however you want to drink exactly. it. Exactly. So Java House has delicious and affordable coffee that you can do from home to get that store quality coffee. But you don't have to sit in line. No drive throughs but it's again, still just that craft cup of cold brew or hot brew if you're more like me. You know what? You don't even have to put on your bra to have a good cold brew. Well, you sold me right there. <laughs> also, their cold brew on tap, if it's in your fridge, like a dream, because it's in a box. Again, think about wine in a box. This is cold brew in a box. And you've seen dick in a box. <laughs> I would open that box every time. But if you like your fridge organized and all that, it fits seamlessly. When did you start saying fridge? I don't know. You forgot the orator. <laughs> 
would just be fridge. Right. I don't know. Okay, well, that's a new thing. So if you want to put this awesome coffee in your fridge, <laughs> you need to go over to javahouse.com and use promo code CREEP and tell them what they're going to get. What you're going to get is 10% off of all their products when you use promo code CREEP. C-R-E-E-P at javahouse.com. And don't worry if you are like, well, I like dark roast or I only like this certain roast. They have tons of options. And they're all good, smooth, not bitter coffees that you are going to love. So go to javahouse.com and use promo code CREEP. Okay, so my story this week is a recommendation in the Facebook group from Michelle S., Okay, picture it. It's June 15th, 2017, and Stark County, Ohio police get a 911 call at 4.36 in the afternoon. But when the 911 call is received, the caller immediately hangs up. So police do what police do. So they send a deputy out to the house to see what is going on. Is it something bad? Is it a kid who just called? Like, what is it? And when I heard that, I started thinking about some of the dangers that, like, they have no clue what they're going to on this scene. Like, again, it could be a five-year-old that dialed 911 and hung up, or it could be what you know I'm about to tell you. Yeah, that's very true. How do you get your mind right for that? I, I don't know. Training? Yeah. What little bit of training that police officers do in the States? Don't even get me started. That's a whole soapbox about how other countries, they're in training for like a whole year with like a preceptor. And in the States, it's like, here you go. So when the police get there, they see that the front door is open. So they start to, you know, make their way safely to the front door when they see someone laying inside on the floor. Now, that could be anything. That could be a heart attack an ambush waiting to happen it could literally be anything so they're still being careful when as they get closer to the door they hear a gunshot oh shit so they of course call for backup and make their way into the house the body that they found was 21 year old james and in another part of the house was his mother they had both been shot but the gunshot that they heard was a self-inflicted gunshot from Jacob. And Jacob and James are brothers, and Kathy is their mother. Jacob is rushed to the hospital because he is still alive. He's got a pretty severe head injury, but again, he's alive. As police are putting the pieces together to figure out what happened here, they've never had any calls to this residence. There was nothing to be any indicator as to what could have caused this, They start digging in to the family, and they realize that this is the Stockdale family. And what makes the Stockdale family special? Not their bluegrass band that they have, but they were the family on Wife Swap. Oh, shit. So, yes, I am finally doing the Wife Swap murders. I haven't heard about this. So, who is the Stockdale family? Do they really have a bluegrass band? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So they were featured on an episode of Wife Swap. It was season four, I think episode seven. Totally watched it last night um, with Colby. And he had seen Wife Swap before, but like never really watched it. Because he asked some questions like, are you sure you've seen this before? (laughs) Wife Swap, I think, started in the UK. But then, of course, American TV was like, hey, that's a really good TV show. Let's make that something here. Hello, Love Island. And literally everything else. If you've never seen it. Wife Swap takes two families that are complete polar opposites, literally could not have less in common other than it's a family with a mom, and they take the moms and switch them for two weeks. For the first week, the swapped mom has to follow the family rules the way they are. And then the second week, they get to make their own rules. And if you've heard me and Donna do the, she's not a Christian, (laughs) it's from Wife Swap. Oh, epic. On Wife Swap, they really do take these families that are complete and polar opposites of one another. You'll have one family that's very religious and one family that's very not, you know. And it's the extreme of both families, like, of both sides of that. Right. And then at the end of the episode, they bring the parents, you know, the husband and wife of both families together. I don't know if they had any same-sex couples. Do you know that? I don't 
I don't know. Well, either way, they have the heads of the household from both families. They bring them together and they sit at a table and they tell each other how shitty they are. Right. (laughs) Yes. You know, I always felt bad for the husbands of the wives, like when they liked the new wives rules and stuff and they're like actually i think this would be able to be incorporated Mm -hmm. you know like our kids thrived at that and they're like no like never do you you know and they just like shot them down i'm just like well and to me like it's it almost like it pokes fun at families who have a different dynamic in which the wife is the more dominant in the household like Mm -hmm. it's like see how domineering she is and she won't let him do anything and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, well, how many other families in the world are the opposite of that? And we're not doing a dad swap. Right. But on this specific episode, like I said, it involved the Stockdale and the Tonkovic families. At the time, the Stockdale family is Mother Catherine, who goes by Kathy. She was 44 at the time. The dad, Tim, who was 48. And their four sons, Calvin, 19, Charles, 16, Jacob was 15 and James was just 11. So the Tonkovic family was one that had no rules, right? It was the mom and the dad and they had a son and a daughter. The son was an aspiring rapper and his girlfriend lived with him. And the daughter was like 16 or 17 and her boyfriend lived with them. They literally had no rules. The mom worked during the day. The dad worked at night and The kids did whatever. They paid for them to go get their nails done, everything. And the mom and the dad were the only ones that had jobs. So they all smoked and drank and cussed and was a rapper and, you know, had no rules at all. The house was a mess. Of course, it like really was like, look how dirty this house is when, you know, they played that up. I mean, you could come into my house on any given day and be like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) did they even (laughs) clean up? Conversely, the Stockdale family was exactly the opposite. Could I say that again? It pits families against each other who are polar opposites. So the Stockdale family lived on a farm and they were really about farm to table foods, not eating any preservatives, growing and slaughtering their own animals. And then they would sell the meat that they didn't use for themselves. And just like any farm, the kids had chores that they had to do on the farm to sustain it because the dad also worked outside of the home the farm wasn't their only source of income so the kids had to help out they helped out in the farm they helped out inside the house which is not unheard of like i feel like i'm not bashing a kid having chores right especially when you have four kids like Mm -hmm. all hands on deck and i had chores it teaches kids responsibility and literally everything it makes them more respectful for their things that they are in charge of and literally the laundry list of insert psych 101 document on why (laughs) chores are actually good for a kid within reason right i was gonna say they're good but then you can have extreme where the kids have to do like everything and can never be a kid yeah they still have to have play they still have to have all of those age-appropriate things so that they can hit their milestones and they can get everything that they need. Mm -hmm. So Kathy homeschooled the kids, which again, there's nothing wrong with homeschooling the kids, but these kids never had any, it seemed like, much social interaction outside of their house. They were pretty religious, so I would imagine that they went to a church, but that wasn't really said on the episode, so I, I can't really say that for sure. And sometimes people do church within their own homes. But after James was killed, there was things saying like his friends miss him and all of that. So I feel like they may have had some sort of outlet that we just didn't know. Because again, it's a show that's showing you this micro lens, I guess that's not even a thing, but into their lives. It's this two-week concocted situation where nothing is the same. So in their homeschool, of course, Kathy controlled the things that they were allowed to read and to learn nothing secular in nature unless it was pre-approved by her they had to have an a on everything before they were allowed to move forward in their grade and the kids had a routine literally from sun up to sundown kathy would wake up at seven and start cooking breakfast now um tim the dad left for work like at 5 30 in the morning so 
uh, one of the podcasts I listened to said that she would actually make him breakfast the night before so he would have it. But she would wake up at 7 every morning to cook breakfast and she would wake the boys up at 7.30. And this is where I would fail, get a big old F in this family. Because once she wakes them up, they have four minutes to get downstairs for breakfast. Four minutes? I can't even roll my big ass out the bed in four minutes no like can i get my nine minute snooze i was about to say i'd have to snooze once and then i have to pee at least when i wake up how many bathrooms you got up in this house Mm -hmm. what if they all have to pee and more often than not i need to poop in the morning i got my morning poop god yes you do dang sure takes longer than four minutes i guess eventually because you get so used to it your bowels would not have to go at that time if the boys were late she gave them a two-minute timer. And for every two minutes that they were late, they were charged. What? Like 25 cents or something. For every two minutes that they were late. Like, I understand being punctual and saying, hey, wake up and, like, no breakfast for you if you're not down here in 30 minutes. 30 minutes? Okay. But no, because the family has every meal together. And like when they sit down for the meal together, they like sing a prayer. Yeah. But I'm just saying like in general. Right, right. But in this situation, that ain't how it works because they have to sit down and have meals as a family. And they're only allowed their meals. They're not allowed to snack in between meals. Snacks are the best meals. And if they don't finish their plate, they have to finish their plate before they're allowed the next meal. Okay, see, this is where I would have trouble because certain times I don't want to finish my plate. And my my dad used to make me do that. And now I have a freaking... Happy plate syndrome? Yeah, like I will stuff myself beyond stuff because when I'm like, hey, I paid a lot of money for that. And it's not even that much money. It's just, it's money. But also like, yeah, it's just trauma from my past. And I'm like, ooh, got to eat it all. Well, yeah, not only that, but... They be eating some nasty shit. Oh, gosh. Like liver and onions. Type okay, stuff. no, no, Which no. some people love. That's cool. You know, if that's what you grew up on. Because that, I really think that they truly get use out of their animals. Like they eat yeah, everything. Yeah. So it's like some of that's, again, they grew up on it. So I'm sure it's good to them. But right. like as a outsider coming in, there ain't no fucking way I could finish those no, meals. No, no. And then it'd be sitting there getting cold, and then I'd have to eat it cold to be able to get my next damn meal. Mm-mm. What happens... Oh, shit. I just thought about the domino effect, because I was like, what happens if, okay, I miss that meal, so I'm not going to eat the next meal, but you won't eat the next meal? I get... I don't know. I think that the mom has so much control over them that it would not get to that point. Like, I'm sure they had those battles when they were like toddlers. Mama won. You ain't ever having those battles again. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. See, this is where we get to the extreme side of that. Like, you can be too rigid. Mm -hmm. And that's terrible. And, And also, I was just thinking about how they have to have an A on everything before they move forward. Like, a lot of those younger kids on Wife Swap... When the mom would be like, oh, yeah, you drew a flower, you know, whatever. And they were like, you like it? Because their mom mm-hmm. was so like, you know, drawing's not what we need. Like, you need to be able to write this, blah, 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 blah. Like, they were just so excited that someone, like, gave them praise yeah, for something. And it's just like, <laughs> that gives me anxiety to think about never having that praise at all. Well, the Tonkovic mom... Literally, there were so many times that she just, like, would just have to stop and cry. Like, some of her interactions with the kids, she would literally leave and just cry. And then even when she was sitting down, because at the very beginning of the episode, when the moms switch houses, they get a chance to walk through the house by themselves, state their opinion about everything, and then they sit down and read, like, a little binder that that house mom has put together to be like these are our family rules these are our values these are everything this is everything you have to abide by and she like was crying reading those because she was like these kids don't get to be kids and that really is a important factor so after the kids had their mandatory 734 breakfast which four minutes that's so bizarre why not five right like what why four but after they had their mandatory breakfast they set about with school and their chores for the farm and the house and all came back together for lunch and then after lunch had all of the rest of their chores and school and and all of that 
in the evening, the family would practice because they had a bluegrass band of just just the guys. So mom Kathy was the manager where she handled all the finances, booked their gigs, sold their CDs at their gigs, did the whole shebang. Like, insert Jessica Simpson's dad. And apparently, they were pretty popular as a bluegrass band. They were, like, booked solid. Like, there would be, like, multiple weekends in a row where they had no free time because they were out doing gigs. They would play at, like, state fairs, churches, all the places you would listen to bluegrass music. And they all played a different instrument. And if you're into bluegrass music, they were actually pretty good. So the boys would get tokens for doing their chores. But they would get an extra token if they did their chore with a glad heart. What in the Warren Jeffs? Because, <laughs> you you know, there's chores, but then you should be happy to do your chores. Because, like Kathy said... Like, even though our life is hard, it's a good one. Like I said before, they're pretty religious and had moved out of the city onto the farm to get away from, like, that city life. No cussing, of course, no drinking, smoking drugs, all that. But the kids weren't even allowed to watch TV, play video games. The only time they were able to read books or listen to radio shows, like Little Orphan Annie from A Christmas Story radio shows... The only time they were allowed to do that would be when they would cash in their tokens for permission. And it was all stuff, like I said before, that was pre-approved by their mom. Oh, gosh. So basically, like, they're just, like, listening to VeggieTales. They're like... (laughs) VeggieTales was probably too spicy for them. Right. Little pepperoncini in those veggies. (laughs) And then with them being ultra-religious, the boys weren't allowed to date either. And remember... The oldest one is 19. Like, that 19 and 16-year-old, and hell, even Jacob at 15. Even James at 11. Like, they're thinking about girls. James is about to hit the puberty. Like, or or boys. They're thinking about sex. They're thinking about exploring and learning who they are. And But they weren't allowed to date until they were ready to settle down. Like, if you're not ready to get married, you can't date. That's not even... Okay, well, people get married at 18, Right. And that's fine if you're ready to get married, but you need to be established. Mm. And if you're not established to take care of your family, you can't date. That's so stupid. Also, I feel like a lot of ultra-religious families do this. And then you have the case like the Duggars. Uh Uh-huh. Where you try to suppress all of this sexual just growth. Right. You know. It's natural and normal. And they can't explore that. And then it turns incestuous yeah and and the thing too is that people can be like well that's an extreme example is it though because that's not the only example and that is let's just say it is then that's the only example we know because they're famous because the preacher slash school program that the duggars follow uh he's pretty problematic with a lot of the same issues that josh duggar has and he's got a lot of reports about him too like it is, it's most likely handled within the family and the church. I mean, insert the Amish, the Mennonites, all of those subcultures that handle the problems within their communities, and it's not being reported to police. So then the victim just has to deal with it and live with their abuser. And if they're not okay with it, then they're shamed because they should be the one forgiving them because that other person sinned. Exactly. Ugh. God, it's making me so angry. But that's all aside because none of these boys did that at right, all. Right, right. But on the episode of Wife Swap, she was like, when the Tonkovic mom took over, she was like, um, y'all are going to go on a date. Oh, shit. And well, that's a lot of pressure. Well, but it wasn't even a date. Like, she literally, of course, they did like the whole like, hey, are you, what are you doing tomorrow night? Like, it made them call somebody. But then like when they actually went to the date, they introduced themselves. I'm like, that was terrible one editing because it was yeah. right after the other. So like. Clearly, that's not what happened. But it was literally two brothers going and having pizza with two girls. Like, it was no pressure. Yeah. Where you go to school? What's your favorite subject? What kind of music do you like? Like, that's all it was. But all those boys could say was bluegrass. Oh, gosh. I don't watch TV. You know, they had, they didn't, I mean, as, as much fun as they had. Because when they went home and they were telling their dad and temporary mom all about it, 
they were beaming. Like, even Colby was like, look at their smiles. Like, they are so happy because they got to experience something that you know they had been longing for. Yeah. But on the flip side, before, when they were making the decision to do it, they were bawling crying because they're like... I'm going to go to hell. Like, this is not okay. And it's like, you're not going to go to hell for having pizza. Right. But their mom had drilled in their heads so much. I mean, both of their parents had drilled in their heads so much. Like, you're going to go to hell. You're this, like, guilt in them mm-hmm. for doing anything that was worldly that they couldn't wrap their heads around doing it. Right. Even the playing the video games. Like, they at first were like, no. Because they brought, of course, they made them play video games. Yeah. They were like, absolutely not wait this is actually really fun you know yeah and remember me saying the mom's uh son was a rapper well the stockdales were absolutely anti-rap like that like that and of course they kept saying like no cussing no rap music no blah blah of course they kept saying that because the talk of son is a rapper so it's just like again to show the contrast but what i thought was really cool about the episode is that the Tonkovic mom made them all write their own rap song and they were like what and she's like you don't have to cuss you don't have to put anything in there you don't want to put in there just write it just just write something yeah and then they had a thing where they like performed it with some some guys you know and they were like you know what we really like that and we've always played like other people's bluegrass music and at the end like what did you learn from this they're like we started writing our own music oh god so it's like it really does show like you can take things from each other and like the other family of course started having more responsibilities around the house and really looking for jobs and you know all that like you do yeah. grow like that's the point of putting two people that are so at the opposite ends of the spectrum that are the extremes of either direction to get them a little more to the middle ground mm-hmm. because there's something that you can learn from everybody and there's some really good TV oh it is <laughs> quality well not quality it is Quality trash. It's so entertaining. (laughs) Yes. So let's flash forward about eight years to June of 2017 when police found Kathy and James' bodies. Of course, everyone was stunned. They had no idea how or why this happened. Calvin, the oldest brother, released a statement saying, James, our youngest brother, has always been a catalyst of family fun. Unfortunately, he leaves behind many friends and a family that loved him dearly. My brother Jacob is still in critical condition and we're praying for his physical recovery as our family makes funeral plans and begins the healing process. So Jacob was in the hospital for about a year. Holy Hannah. And he had to have multiple surgeries, reconstructive surgeries, all the things because he had literally with a shotgun, a 22 gauge shotgun had shot himself. So it was a very significant injury. There was a GoFundMe that helped raise money for the funerals and for Jacob's medical costs. Because of course, the police didn't arrest him until he got out of the hospital. Uh huh. I mean, again, it makes sense though, because either they don't pay and the hospital writes it off or they arrest him and the state pays the bill. Yeah. So I completely understand why they do that. Once police had put out a warrant for his arrest, Jacob turned himself in in October of 2018. So Jacob initially pleaded not guilty because of insanity. They placed him in a mental facility so that they could assess him and see is he fit to stand trial. While he was in this mental facility, he tried to escape twice. Really? One time he like hid in the books in the library, like like the stacks, you know? Yeah. Like he hid in there. I don't know the layout of the facility, but what I think is like, okay, good night. Everybody closes and leaves and then he could like skirt out. Yeah. But that didn't work. And so then he tried to, when some other residents were going out like on a day thing, he was like, I'm just going to walk out with them. Nope, busted. Wow. So mm, let me skirt back. The police let him leave the hospital? Yes. There may be something with, I don't know, maybe they didn't know when he was going to leave. I don't don't know. I feel like that is... uh... But maybe they had to, like, once he was out, get the indictment, because if they got the indictment before, maybe that would be, like, some crossing pads and they have to pay. I don't don't know. Somebody who's an attorney and smarter than me, let me know. Well, yeah, because I feel like if you had to put a warrant out, how many days was that? Because... Well, like, what, I guess, like, once he's indicted, it's a, it's a warrant. 
I may have said the wrong word. Maybe warrant wasn't the right word. He was indicted. I just feel like he shouldn't be able to go home with his family when he's killed members of his family. I agree. So while he was in the mental facility, there was a lot of back and forth of one psychiatrist saying he wasn't fit to stand trial, one saying he was. Back and forth, COVID hit, so it made everything get pushed back and back and back. But eventually, just a few days before the trial was set to begin, Jacob pled guilty to both murders and received a 15-year sentence for each to be served consecutively. So, 30 years in prison. Now, he was, because it was eight years after the wife swap, so he was 25 years old when this happened. James, the younger brother, was 21. And and he only got 15 each? Mm-hmm. Well, and his family was actually saying, like, we forgive him. Can you give him the lightest sentence possible? I don't care if you forgive him or not. He murdered someone. Two and people. His his mom and his brother. Yeah. And, and the two older brothers didn't live at home anymore. Like, one had, I think one was, like, married and had kids. Because, well, he better. Well, true. But Kathy <laughs> was, um like, they described Kathy as a grandma. So, I'm pretty sure one of them had kids. But it's like, what brought this on? Because... There's literally nothing. Jacob never said why he killed James and Kathy. We have no idea to this day why he did it. Oh my gosh. So, you know, okay, let's say he was 25 when it happened. That was in 2017. So let's just say roundabout estimate. He's going to be like 60 when he gets out. Maybe like 58 because it was a couple of years, you know, because of COVID and all that before the trial. But I mean, that's like, he's going to be in his 60s when he gets out of prison for killing two people. That's a wild. You have people in prison that long for like weed. Right. And the thing is, is, I mean, people don't retire till 65. He's getting out of jail before he could even retire. And he killed two people. And, and like, not just like random or was in like a fight and shit went down. No, he shot his mother and his brother in cold blood and then shot himself and just happened to survive it. Yeah. Oh, I want to know a reason. Well, and you know, a lot of people speculate that, you know, it was it was the rules. It was the inability to explore and to be himself and to live his life that just eventually caught up. You know, you live under a dictatorship for so long and you can't take it anymore. Yeah. But my question is, why not the dad? Why did he do it when the dad was away like like why then like yeah if it was that bad he had to be part of the rules in order for it to go if mm-hmm. not complacent so why didn't he kill his dad too yeah if it truly is because of how they were raised you know but also like you're 25 so just move out i was about to say here's the thing like i understand the whole dictatorship well i mean i don't understand it because i haven't lived through it but i Like, I get it. You can appreciate it. Yeah. But, yeah, he's 25. You can go get a job and never speak to them again. If you were just like, I'm going to kill them. If I don't get out of here, then leave. But James was in college. Like, he was, I think he was going to Kent University. So, he was doing his thing. He was eventually going to get out of the house. So, if he was, like, so it's not like, I don't feel like he was just staying just for his brother. And the other two had moved out and moved on. So it's like, why couldn't he? It's not like, because like the mom, did she make a rule? You can't move out of the house until you're married. If that's the case, you're 25. You could do whatever you want to. However, I know that seems honestly kind of ableist to be like, just move out. Because um, he may not have been able to afford it, but also... Um, I mean, all those years of trauma, that's a lot of strings oh, to cut. for sure. So, I mean, I'm for not, sure. I'm way oversimplifying yeah. him being able to just move out. I understand that, that it's, you've got years of potential mm-hmm. abuse that he's having to wade through. So, again, yeah. I realize I'm oversimplifying it. Right. But it's just in the face of, I'm going to kill my family or try my damnedest to find another way out. I, I just feel like when you resort to murder and he knew it was wrong because he tried to end his own life, mm-hmm. you know? So I just feel like it, 
No, like he should be in prison Mm -hmm. for a lot longer. I don't care if his family forgives him because it's the people who were out of the house. You know, like, right. You weren't there. What do you think his mom or James would want? If they had that many rules, his mom would not have wanted him to be out of jail that quickly. Just breaks my heart. Because, I mean, I can only imagine just the shit that I still deal with with growing up with my dad and stuff that's peas to this Mm -hmm. you know like not in the same continent of trauma but I don't know I just could never see like just I'm going to kill and not only that he he didn't just kill his mom he killed his younger brother who wasn't young like you said he was going to college he's 21 yeah and so it's almost like he had a a savior thing like where he was trying to save the little brother so he killed him too you know but again if that's why why not the dad right i understand the two older brothers they're out of the house they have their own family they live away but why not the dad yeah it doesn't make any sense there's something else that we don't know well and also like okay i understand you might not be able to afford to get out like to leave the house get that but also yeah he had two other siblings that lived outside of the house. Mm-hmm. Like, crash on their couch if you need to, to not kill. Well, now, maybe not that simple, though. Because, again, if you have that much ingrained in you, even though those boys may have moved out, they may still have those same ties because, again, it was ingrained in them so much. True. So they may not let him come live on true. their couch. Very true. They may say, figure it out. These are the rules. Deal with it. Yeah, you know? True. But I will say the Tonkovic mom came out and was like, no, that's definitely the reason why all these rules. Because when she's like, when I would introduce other things, they would bawl and cry about how guilty they felt and how their parents told them that they were going to go to hell for playing video games and all of that. According to the show, at the end, they kept the video games and those became part of their token system. So they weren't allowed to just play anytime they wanted to, but they could use their tokens for that. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but I do know that any extreme of anything, whether it's hell, me eating or whatever, you know, yeah. a religion, an anti-religion of an everything, like any extreme. Too many rules, not enough rules. It's too extreme. It's too mm-hmm. much. You got to find some some middle ground. Yeah. Y'all let us know what y'all think about the Stockdale family. What caused Jacob to did he snap? Was it years of trauma? Y'all let us know what you think. And let us know what you think about the Harden house. Did she just dream this house? Why did she dream it? Was she there in a past life? What the hell happened? (laughs) And you know what? Is the ghost really there or like a residual haunting? Like what's going on? What do y'all think? Let us know. Thank y'all so much for listening and supporting us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review on all the things. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.